0: I have the beautiful, wonderful privilege this morning of introducing my wife, who's going to minister to us today. See? See, you get this, this, you know, sweet and sour. You you had sour last week, we got the sweet this week. (laughs) All I would say this morning um, is that I'm going to talk to men. Can I talk to the men for a minute? Are there any of us here? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's a few of us knocking around. That's all right. Right. We all know women have emotions, right? Men, do we have emotions? Yeah, no. Yes. No. <laughs> so we need some prayer for Kev at the back. <laughs> women have hearts. Men do you have a heart? Okay. <laughs> no, this morning, it's important. Imp- I say it, it's important. Sometimes, and this can happen for both genders, when you hear a sermon or you, say, you, hear, you hear someone's minister and it's in a particular area that maybe is more known to be with women. So when women talk about the heart, that's a normal thing. It's not normal for men. But what men can do is go, well, let's talk about a woman today. So I don't really need to pay that much attention because it's more to do with women than it is to do with men. This morning, it's, if you're a man, you need to open your heart and hear what is being said and apply it as equally to your own life. You know, It's, it's important that as when we're talking about in this garden, this, in this season we're in, I'm not gonna, don't worry, I'm not going to say anything, <laughs> is that, well, the girls do all that sort of stuff. And if we do that, then men, we are missing out on the point of the season. It's for everyone in the house. It's for the body of Christ to come and know. So we must take, take the challenge this morning, listen to it in the exact same way as you would listen to it, as if it was, if it was talk about something else that is, is more manly. Does that make sense? Are we all right with that? Because it's just important that whenever God ministers, we don't switch our brains and our hearts off. Because so therefore, we can be just like we were this morning. If you're in the presence of God, but I didn't know you were there. And we miss what can happen in the presence of God. Amen? Alright, so I will hand over to my beautiful wife. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Good morning. So, yes, you're going to sound. Uh, listen to me and the sound of my voice this morning i'll be honest i'm a bit nervous i'm a bit shaky and in a minute you'll know why so as a house we're in the season of the garden yeah and god is using this garden to illustrate many things and many uh, one of the many wonderful aspects of being a leader if you want to call it wonderful, is, sometimes, is that sometimes God chooses to reveal and work things in us first? Sometimes it's wonderful, sometimes it's not so wonderful. But this morning, I am going to be speaking from the place where God has been working in me, okay? I believe that god never takes us through something just for us okay or just for our own benefit but so that others can step into the same truth the same revelation um, that we receive there is power in a testimony yeah Yeah? real power in it and we we spoke this morning even in, in in as already has been mentioned in the prayer meeting that when the streams of living water, they can't just, we can't remain a lake, Paul said last week. We can't remain a lake. We can't just keep it within us. It must flow and it must overflow out of us. Okay, so this morning I am going to invite you to come into my garden. Okay. It might sound nice. Coming into a garden, it's lovely, you know, when we, we conjure up that image of a garden, it's all beautiful, it's flowers, it's, it's grass, or whatever you, you see as a beautiful place. And it is a beautiful place, but it's also a very personal place. It's a very vulnerable place, okay? It's a very private space as well sometimes. But it's, even in Song of Songs, it talks about friends in the garden. So I want to invite you, friends, I hope, to come into my garden this morning because there must be a sharing of hearts, okay? So I have entitled my sermon this morning, that's the right word, Removing the Ruins. Several months ago, prior to our last building in the Spirit, which, if I remember rightly, was where God revealed about the garden, yeah? Those of you that were here, it was a very powerful time. But prior to that, a few months prior to that, in my personal time with God, I had found myself speaking out certain words. Now, have you ever experienced it in your own personal time where God just drops something into your heart and he drops like words into your heart. And you just begin speaking them out. And you don't always understand why you're speaking them out. You don't always know specifically what you're speaking out. You just are obedient to the leading of the Lord in that, in that time. Yeah? Have we had moments like that? And I was in my personal time with God. And I was in one of these moments. And I just found myself speaking out the following words. Lord, fill every empty space, soften every hard place in my heart with your love. Couldn't tell you why I was saying them, but these words just began to flow. So following on from this, being in my sort of personal time, The two Sunday mornings prior to the building in the spirit in the worship time, which we have every Sunday, I found that my mouth again began to overflow with these words. But now instead of just speaking them, I began to sing them and uh, they were just flowing out in in the time of worship. And I just found they were, it was like, you know, when, when something fills your heart, when it fills it, it just, it spills over. It says in the word, doesn't it, about the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it, it, it was just like it almost consumed me. These words consumed me and it flowed out and flowed out as a song to the Lord. So from the point of me beginning to say these words. Oh, I can get this to move. The Lord began to speak to me very personally in the area of love. Okay? And very specifically, from the perspective of being able to receive love as well as give it. So, Paul and I have stood in the house before, and we have openly shared the testimony of. The restoration that took place in our marriage, the early years of our marriage, um, and Paul's unfaithfulness, it brought us to the brink of a failed marriage, brought us to the brink of a failed relationship. And I'm not going to cover the details of that again, but the testimony of the healing and the restoration in our marriage, I hope that's evident today. (laughs) Yeah? I hope it's evident. And that in itself is a testimony. And I'll say this morning, if you want to come and ask us about that testimony, please do. We are happy to share it with you. Just we're not going to touch on that fully this morning. But please come and talk to us if you've not heard that before. But the Holy Spirit, through these words that were flowing and through that time, he began to reveal to me that since the time and the point of that unfaithfulness in the marriage, and Paul's unfaithfulness in the marriage, my heart had begun to build up walls of defence in the area of love. I'd become hardened in certain places to receiving love or expressions of love. And equally, I'd found it difficult with each passing year to express my love within our marriage. Um, Paul is very much the type of guy who, when it's, he's very good at um, sort of vocalizing his affection, uh, but also writing as well. He's, he's, whenever it's sort of Valentines or birthdays or Christmas, or there's an occasion where you would send a card. When Paul sends a card, he doesn't just send a card to, um, you know, love Paul. There's always about a paragraph of stuff within that card that is an expression of his affection and his love, yeah? But what had begun to happen in my heart was these expressions of love, because of the walls that had begun to build, I began to see them as weakness. I began to see them as weakness, and almost like, well, I don't need that. I've got past this really difficult time in my life, in my marriage. This love stuff is a bit soppy, you know, so I'll read it, or oh, excuse me, while I go vomiting in a corner, sort of thing. You know, it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. <Bob. laughs> and it also, it almost became a bit of a bit of a joke, I think, really. But I, you know, I'm 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 not a soppy person. I don't like soppy cards. I don't like the soppy words. You know, let's leave that. My cards were never that soppy, um, but. Because of the walls in my heart, because of the the place of defense, I began to see those expressions or those words of love and and, and affection, I began to see them as weakness. So going back again, in the the aftermath of of what happened in our marriage, when everything had been revealed and come out, I clung to God. That's the only way I can (laughs) describe that time in my life. I clung to him. Because he became my covering, he became my comfort, he became my peace, and he became the one that I could confide in. Yeah, so pouring out my pain, my despair, my anguish, my hurt, my rejection uh, to God that wasn't difficult. Sounds strange, but it wasn't difficult. I could do that, I could pour it out because. God had become this rock, this place, this one uh, steadfast thing, if you like, in my life that I could go to and I could take all of that to. So that I, I didn't find that difficult. But words or expressions of love, those I found more difficult to speak out because of my experience. So I could tell God that I loved him. It's not like I couldn't say, I love you. I could tell God that I loved him, but I couldn't take my expression beyond that. I found my words didn't flow quite as easily in that area of love, yeah? So the Lord had begun to show me that in my time with him, that my outpouring of love to Jesus was equally as important for him to hear from me as it was for me to hear from him, yeah? So, the Holy Spirit revealed how it was limiting me. This is what began to happen as I was singing out these words, as I began to be obedient to just speaking about I didn't understand literally didn't understand at the time why, why, why I was singing these God soften my heart um, fill every empty space I couldn't give you sort of a, a reason or a source from, for me doing it but I just knew I had to be obedient to it so through this time it was re- he began to reveal how it was limiting Paul and I it was limiting us within our marriage Particularly Paul, um, because those of you that did the marriage enrichment course, we spoke, I think we've spoken a few times in the house recently about uh, the love languages, the five love languages. Well, Paul's love language is touch and affirmation. It's a bit hard to affirm somebody if you struggle to express love towards them. It's, It's hard. you, you, you can feel affirmed and I could say that I love Paul I'm not saying that I couldn't say it but sometimes you need that expression you need to show it you need to express it in in different words and in different ways so the Holy Spirit began to show me how this was causing a limitation and the longer that it went on the more limitation it brought not only in our marriage but in other areas it began to spill out into other areas of life And it began to have negative impact upon family, upon friendships, upon work, upon church, upon leadership, and upon my own self-worth. I felt unfulfilled in so many areas and I did not know why. I didn't know why. And what I've now pieced together is that because I was good at pouring out my heart to God in terms of, God, I don't understand why. I don't understand why. I'd had that moment of, God, I don't understand why. Why do I feel so unfulfilled in everything? Why? What is it? And sometimes, you know, God doesn't always answer straight away. (laughs) But he took me on this journey. So he revealed Areas of my heart that since 2005, that's quite a long time ago, I had not released back either to him or to Paul. That hardened those places so that no access could take place. My walls were up, although largely I was unaware of it in my own mind. I was unaware of those walls existing because... For me, I'd got past that difficult time. I got past that defining time. This now was just who I was. This is who I am. This is what I've learned through this, this circumstance and this situation. This is just what it's made me. Yeah? So I didn't really see it as, as something that needed to be dealt with. But rather that I would got past that. It was fine. It was okay. It was just part of me. So as I was reading through Song of Songs... Sorry, bear with me, my pad's just gone off. Song of Songs in, uh, it's the part in chapter 2, verse 9, and it says this. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. And as I read that, that line, the Holy Spirit just said to me and showed me, You know, not every wall in your garden is a good one. If I'm stood behind it, it's a barrier between me and you being face to face. And God said to me, I am staring through the windows. Are you staring through the windows of my hard places? My walls Because he desired me to release them to him. In the garden first. So that the same could take place in my marriage. It had to happen first in the spirit with God. Before it could take place in the natural and the physical. And whilst we were away this week. As God so often does. When you go to a place, it's very easy when you go on holiday, isn't it, to sort of not forget to pray, but maybe you don't have quite the same sort of, uh, yeah, routine with it. You are away. You're enjoying, you know, that time with your family, that relaxing. But seven o'clock, actually, no, half past six in the morning, which is early for me, God woke me up. And he said, get up. (laughs) Really, God? (laughs) I'm on holiday? Uh, Get up and come and pray and spend time with me. Okay, God. So I got up, and during that time of just reading and spending time with Him, He gave me a picture. And it was a picture of a castle. Now, a castle is a place of defense. Yeah. So during that period of time in our marriage, when my life had been turned upside down and I was at my most vulnerable, I was able to find protection and sanctuary in a castle because he is our fortress and our strong tower. Yes. So that castle like structure was there in my heart, in my garden. Okay. And God became those protective walls around me. So when God restored the marriage and we went through that restoration process, the castle was taken down. It was dismantled because it wasn't needed anymore because he, brought, he was bringing our marriage back into a time of peace, back into a time of restoration. So there wasn't a need for the castle in the same way. Yeah? Does that make sense? However... What God showed me was, in this picture, was that what remained in my garden was a castle ruin. You seen those pictures? You look all over the, the UK, you know, type it into images on Google Images, uh, ruin castles. You, there's loads, isn't there? There's loads and loads. And very often they're surrounded sort of by gardens and and. Uh, greenery and flowers and all sorts of things some, some very beautiful beautiful ones but he showed me that in my heart this ruin remained so although the castle the castles you know that, that when you look over the uk they're not used for the purpose that they were built for anymore Many of the walls and the structures still remain, don't they? And often what I find interesting is often it's windows. You'll often see like where the windows were, they often are in place. So rather than allowing God to completely remove every part of the castle and restore each place in my heart, I'd allowed these certain walls to remain in place for the purpose of defense and hiding. I hadn't released them back for him to dismantle them and take them. I'd not given them back to so this ruin in my, in my, remained in my heart, remained in that, even in that secret place with God, it's, it remained there. So we, even though I didn't recognize or maybe understand that these walls were in place and were causing a barrier in my heart, God didn't smash his way in to finish the job. You know, God's not a God who brought his bulldozer in and his wrecking ball. It was like, come on, Em, let's just sort this out. Let's smash it down. You've still got this left. We're going to deal with it. No, he gave room for me to recognize that those ruins remained. And he continued during that period of time to, to speak his words of love over me. But it was in the intimacy of the garden that he very gently drew attention to it. He didn't sort of scream it at me. He didn't stick up his demolition notice. Yeah. He came very gently and and he drew attention to it because he desires that we are fully released and open to him in that place. He doesn't want any barriers between us. He doesn't want those walls. So in Song of Songs 4... I'm going to kind of camp around Song of Songs in case you hadn't noticed. Uh, Song of Songs 4, verse 9. It says this. You have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How delightful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your, per- your perfume more than any spice. Your lips drop sweetness as the honeycomb, my bride. Milk and honey are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. Important, this next bit. You are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. The reason I believe that God asked me to share this today, even though I'll be honest, I kicked and screamed like, God, seriously, I just don't want to talk about this. (laughs) But the reason I believe that he asked me to share it is because some of us have become and remained a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain fountain. Because we've allowed the ruins from past experiences or seasons in our life. Even maybe things you're currently going through. We've allowed them to remain in our garden. And this fundamentally has limited us from accepting and receiving. Giving and releasing words of love and intimacy and for some of us it's had a long term impact I can say that it had quite a long term impact you know, 2005 is what 12, 12 odd years ago and only now recently is uh, have I realised and recognised it but it limits us from accepting and receiving, giving and releasing words of love love and intimacy. And it spreads into other areas of your life. And it causes elements of unfulfillment and frustration. I can't really fully express the level of frustration that I felt. When you're not fulfilled, sometimes I mean has ever anybody been there anybody in that place where you don't feel fulfilled how frustrating is it because you desperately want that level of fulfill- you want it don't you Inside, like, you're like God but I don't know how to get it how do I get this level this measure of fulfillment now God in himself is all fulfilling in that respect but this just was like spilling over into other areas as I've said it's spilling into other areas, and I think that god it's true of all of us that that there are there are ruins and places that we we hide in where God has tried or has dealt with it to a level, but there is still walls that remain and even last night was as I was looking. Um, through what I was going to say this morning the Lord led me to Hebrews where it said throw off everything that hinders throw it off get rid of it and run with perseverance the race that is set before you if these things these ruins these walls however you want to term it whatever picture you want to give it 'Cause sometimes, you know, God's God spoke to me through this picture and it, it just impacted me quite powerfully. And it gave it gave me it gave me an image which sometimes I need to, to kind of compute things. But it can cause a long term impact and it can spread into these other areas. But we need to hear God's words of love. To know, and we need God to reveal these places to us, to know where our experience doesn't match up to his truth. Yeah? Our experience does not change the truth of his love towards us. His love remains the same. Yeah? It doesn't change. It doesn't waver. But our ruins become that place that separates us from dimensions of the love of God. God gives us every, gives it all. He makes it all freely available to us. Because it says, doesn't it, in the Word, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. Nothing can, and that's true. It can't. But these walls or these ruins or these places become uh, a, a place that that separates us from some of those dimensions of the love of God. We might be able to accept certain things, but other things because these these structures are in place, they don't get through. They don't get through. And we're not fully open. So nothing can separate us from the love of God. It's freely available, but the remnants of our own battles limit its impact. Love is at the center of God's heart towards us, yes? And if you don't believe me on that, Says in the word, for God so loved, He wants to walk with us in the garden. He doesn't want us to hide. Genesis, and and you know, Adam, it shows that. He walked with Adam in the cool of the day in the garden. When the fall came, Adam was aware of his nakedness. He hid. But God's saying, I don't want you to hide. I want you to be open. I want you to allow me to come in my fullness of my love towards you and let it impact your heart in that intimate place. Because God sees where our ruins remain. And he sees where his love towards us is limited. He sees it. He's not unaware and he took me to the account of Jacob and Leah in the Bible. It's in Genesis 29, if you want to turn to it. So, Jacob at this point, he's run away to his uncle to his uncle's house and he meets uh, the daughter called Rachel and he loves, like instantly loves this girl. It's like, wow, his heart is just impacted. It's like, this. G- what can I do to marry? They've got to marry this this lady. This, I want this lady to be my wife. And so he speaks to his uncle about it. They talk about it and he said, look, work seven years for me. And then I'll give you a a hand. So these seven years pass. And Jacob's like, come on now. Give me what you said that you would. Give me your daughter, Rachel. And they throw this big feast. But instead of giving Rachel, he gives his elder daughter, Leah. Or Leah, Leah, let's say. And so... He then makes him work another seven years for Rachel. You know the story. But the bit that I really want to focus in on is in chapter 29, verse 31. Uh, and when I read this, it so impacted me. And it's just, it's just a short line in the word. Tiny, tiny little line. But it says this. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved he enabled her to conceive but Rachel remained childless when the lord saw that Ra- uh, that leah was not loved he sees he sees the areas of our hearts he sees where we lack love leah i would imagine was hurt she was rejected from the beginning. Jacob never wanted her. He never wanted her. That was never his aim. He never wanted to marry her. He wanted Rachel. He wanted the younger sister. But she spent her time desperately trying to make her husband love her. And she was in this constant competition all the time. But, but God saw where she wasn't loved. He saw her place of ruin. He saw where those areas in her heart were that couldn't, there was no love there. It wasn't there because she was desperately seeking it from her husband. She was trying to do everything that she could to try and get him to love her because she knew. She knew that he, he wanted Rachel. He didn't want her. And God sees it and he grants her children. Children. what do children bring to your life (laughs) besides like taking all your money and (laughs) that sort of stuff but they bring love they bring you an ability to be able to receive love from your child but to give love as well yeah they are an expression of your heart very often your children And what the Lord said to me was that whatever circumstance we find ourselves, God will always make a way for love to come so that you can both receive love and give love because love never fails. And I got up the other week, I think, if I remember rightly, in in the Sunday service and I I read that scripture from 1 Corinthians 13 about all all the, the attributes of what love is. And sometimes our experience doesn't always measure up to that, doesn't always go alongside that. But once God has revealed something to you, like he revealed to me with my ruins, you cannot unsee what God has shown you because he reveals the truth. He never reveals something that's fake. He never reveals an incorrect perception or a wrong picture of something. He only ever reveals the truth because he is truth. But that part of my life, that area of my life, my difficulty with expressing those words of love, it becomes so normal. You know when something just becomes part of who you are and it was... It was almost like, like I said, I'd forgotten. I wouldn't really think or dwell on that. It was just part of who I was and the way that I was. So when he revealed it to me, I was scared to allow the release to come. Because I knew that it was going to bring a change in nature. We spoke, didn't we? I think um, Phil touched on it when When we were doing the um, authentic sonship about and he used the example of Eve, and how words that she allowed in they changed her nature, yeah. yeah now these words that have come to me, these words that God had given me, these words that I found myself saying, these words that I found myself singing. Yeah, these words that began to take hold within me. I knew then that I had a responsibility towards them. I couldn't just then ignore them and pretend they weren't there anymore. God had revealed this area within these ruins within me. I had to do something. I could have done nothing if I really wanted, but I knew that would be of no benefit. So I was afraid. And it can be frightening sometimes to come out of hiding, to allow that release to come. But I knew, as I say, it was going to bring a change in nature towards Paul, a change in nature towards relationships. And I had to, or I'm having to, let me rephrase, learn a new way. Learn a different way. Learn how to express love. And I tell you, God released something in me. That allowed words and allowed expression to come. Am I still learning in that area? Yes, I am, because it's process. But it's just wonderful that when you give God that permission, he's waiting to release. So my behavior and my response had to change. I couldn't allow my walls to remain. But once the permission had been given, once I'd said to God, okay, God, you've shown me this, revealed this to me. So Lord, I'm going to release this to you again. Lord, fill every empty space, space, soften every hard place in my heart. This was a hard place. This was a place that there was nobody else was getting in there. It was walls up. Once the permission had been given, he can then begin to remove the remaining wall. Those ruins that are there, he can begin to remove them. And he goes on to say in Song of Songs, Awake north wind, and come south wind, blow on my garden, that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. God will never take it by force. He's never going to punch his way in, force his way in. He's waiting for you to give him permission. He's waiting for you to say, okay, God, I release it to you. Come and do, come and have your way. Come and do what you need to do in me. And I believe that God is asking us, and I think you've said several times through several different ways and in several different contexts, <laughs> He wants us to ask him to blow on our garden. He wants that permission to come in. He wants us to ask. He wants the cry of our heart to be God. You just have, you are free access. Come in and walk with me. So in this season of the garden, I believe that God is desiring that you release back to him the places of ruin. I'm going to say something now. I think we all have places of ruin. I don't think there's really maybe one of us. They just, it might be different circumstance, different situation, different experience. It might come in a different way. But there's places of ruin. There is. There's places. Might be where we've been hurt. It could be all manner of different things because we're all individual. We've all lived different lives. We've all been different places but God is desiring that we release back to him these places of ruin and do you know what he wants to reveal them to you he is already stood waiting peering in because he desires access it says doesn't it he's peering in through the windows through the lattices he wants to come in and he says arise come my darling my beautiful one Come with me. And once you've allowed that wall or that barrier to be removed, the rubble of those knocked-down walls, the rubble of those disassembled walls, can be built into a monument of a time when God met you, rather than a blockade to God having access. So they become something totally different. Whereas before they were places where God could not enter, he's desiring that we take the rubble of that, that which is this, you know, taken apart, and we moved to build it into that place where God met me here. This is what God did. This is what God revealed. And they become an access point or or a place we can revisit as well to remind ourselves you know, sometimes we, we need that. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what God, what God has done in our hearts and in our lives. So I just want to leave you this morning before we pray. I want to leave you with the words of a song. <laughs> and it's a song by um, two ladies called Stephanie. Stephanie. Gretzinger and Amanda Cook, they are worship leaders and writers at the Bethel Church in in America. And it says this, and I think it really aptly sums up what I'm saying this morning. Come out of hiding. You're safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see. You've got your reasons, but I hold your peace. You've been on lockdown, but I hold the key. Because I loved you before you knew what was love. And I saw it all. Still, I chose the cross. You were the one that I was thinking of when I rose from the grave. Now, rid of the shackles, my victory is yours. I tore the veil for you to come close. There's no reason to stand at a distance anymore. You're not far from home. I'll be your lighthouse when you're lost at sea. I will illuminate everything. There's no need to be frightened by intimacy. Just throw off your fear and come running to me. And it says, "As you run, what hindered love will only become part of the story, part of the race." I believe it in the prayer this morning. It, it kind of really summed things up about the lake. often things can go on inside of us and things can be happening inside of us it's not always the right time to release it and I think we, we need to be have discernment about the right time when God has revealed things but it doesn't come only for our benefit that there are God is waiting to do things in us he's waiting to release he's waiting to reveal he has so much And I believe that if we can allow him to touch these places of ruin, we can throw off that which hinders us at a new level. We can throw it off. Then with perseverance, we can run this race. So I want us just to stand, if you will.
0: To kind of add something else onto what I'm said, obviously, I've been the beneficiary, the first beneficiary of of this change in my life. So I just what I want you to understand is that when we allow God to re, to reveal the ruins and then remove the ruins, there's not just you that benefits. It's bigger than us, and there's two points that you see for, for us. The moment um, came to me a couple of months ago, and 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 spoke about what God had revealed in her. I immediately saw a change. When I would tell her that I love her, I could sounds as if, but I could feel the way she received it. it took a totally different place. Now, now, just to be clear, we haven't had a loveless marriage for the last twelve years. Don't worry about it. It's been, it's, but but there's a different level. There was a different depth and a different insight that, that, that just just has been amazing. And, it's, and we're still on a journey, so it hasn't, hasn't completed, but, but that excites me because it means it's going to get even better. And there's more to, to celebrate. But I, but I would say, so for those of you that are married, it's not just, it won't just do something for you, but it will release your partner. Because some of the frustrations, because some of the things that I, I had to try and work around M's walls. I had to find a way to get my love in. I had to, and then I, it, was, so it was, so what happened was patterns kind of started coming into our relationship because I'm trying to get around these walls. So now I've now got to undo some of the old patterns now because I've, because now I can go straight in. Because the walls have gone. Yeah? But I will say for those of you who are single, the person that God wants you to be with is waiting for your walls to disappear because they can't see the person in until the walls have gone. Your ruin will keep you from finding the one that God has for you. Does that make sense? Because sometimes we block our heart, maybe because we've been hurt, because we've had things and rejection, whatever. So we, so we block it up. But then the beauty on the inside can't ever come out. So and, that, and the person who is looking for that, what you have, can't see it because you've hid it. It's camouflaged. So it doesn't. So it's it's and so many other frustrations in life that we have are birthed from a totally almost seeming, seemingly unrelated point. How your frustration at work or your frustration in church can have anything to do with your personal relationship at home. You might not think those two logically together, but it breeds. We have to. Whenever there's a wall, you have to walk around it. You go to some cities in this, some cities into Chester. There's a wall around the city. You can't get around the fact. In York, there's walls around parts of the city. You Can't walk through it. You've got to go up over it or around it. Because they're still there. And it's still a block in one sense. And we find a way to kind of make it work. But God's saying just get rid of it all. And for some of us, we talked about the rubble in Jeremiah. Part of the ruin is the rubble. There is still rubble that God's saying, let's get rid of it. Let's clear the ground. And let me show you what it, what what. Let's have this free access in the middle. We can't work when there's rubble everywhere. And God says, let me walk freely with you in your garden. So I think as we just pray, just think on these things. And remember, 12 years, M had absolutely no idea. So don't go, oh, I'm such, a, I'm such an idiot. It's not your fault if you didn't know about it. Sometimes God has to reveal something to us in this way. Sometimes it's it's just it's, it's all right. God knows. So if right now as we pray, some of you might be going, "Well, I'm fine. I've everything's fine." But as Em's just said, every one of us has got something. Now, how big your wall is, how big your ruin is, is is individual. But let God come into your garden, and open your eyes to see what's there, and how big or little. Let's get it removed. Amen. You gonna pray with you. So let's, let's just close our eyes and raise our hands. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you come to us in our garden. We thank you that you're a gentleman. That you don't just push in. You don't just thrust yourself in. You don't just aggressively come and knock walls down. But Lord, that you're waiting at the door. We thank you, God, that as it, that as it says in in Song of Psalms, you tell us of who we are. You tell us how beautiful we are. You tell us of the how precious we are. But, O oh Lord, this morning we just ask, Father... Come and blow on our gardens this morning. Father, reveal any ruin. Reveal the ruins of our hearts. Reveal the ruins in our gardens, oh God. Father, we release them to you this morning. We release our garden. We open the gates of our garden. We, We move away the lattice this morning, Father. And we say, come in. Come and walk in our garden. Come and walk into our gardens and begin to open our eyes, Lord, to see what's there. Open it. Shine your light on our garden, Father, that we may see everything for what it is inside our heart. Guys, just begin to ask the Lord. Say, Lord, this morning, uh, open my eyes. What have I not seen? What dimensions of your love do I struggle to receive? What dimensions of your love do I struggle to pour out? Just begin to ask God, Father, just, we, we, we spoke this morning in the worship about opening our eyes. That his presence was there, but we didn't see it. Right now, God's Father, reveal the unseen in our eyes. Father, open the eyes of our hearts this morning. Open the eyes of our hearts. Just begin to lift your, your own heart to the Lord right now. Just begin to lift it up. And say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Show me what's in there. Show me what are the ruins. Some of them have been there for a long time. Maybe they're they're overgrown. There's grass and plants around them, but they're still there. We've learned to live with our ruins rather than remove them. The Lord says, it's time to let me remove them permanently. So you can be free to walk anywhere with me. Unhindered. Father God, we declare right now. No more stones to, 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 to make us f- fall and trip and, and be hindered. No more hindering right now. No more hindering. No more hindrance in, the, in, in this house. Father, we remove the hindrance of the ruins. We remove. It. Come, come and remove, remove it right now. Father, come and blow. Come and invite the Lord now. Say, Lord, right now. In this moment, the Holy Spirit can come. In this moment, right now, He can come and touch it. The moment the revelation came to Em, my wife, she was, it was able to be removed. And it, in one instant, she looked at me and I could tell you she was different. The same thing can happen to you this morning. Holy Spirit, come right now. Come right now. Bring the truth to our ruin and blow our walls down. You know,
1: as, as you ask God to blow on your garden, I feel that He's going to blow in a new season. It says in Song of Songs. It speaks about how the winter is past; it's over and it's gone. And some of us, for some of us, it's going to when we ask Him and release it, and He reveals these things to us. It's going to blow in a new season. It's going to blow in a, a season of flowers appearing, and I firmly believe and have felt for a few months now, it's going to blow in a season of singing. Something is going to rise up in you. Words, declaration, uh, a, a song of the Lord is going to arise. It did in me, it started as just simple words in my time with God in that place in the garden. But words, when they come, I just encourage you, be obedient to that which the Lord shows you. Don't brush it off as just, oh, okay, that's a bit nuts. I'm not going to say that. You know, just let the Lord lead you. Let him show you. It might seem like crazy things to speak out or to pray, but just be obedient to what God is asking you to do. And I believe that songs will begin to arise. Songs of deliverance, songs of healing, songs of, uh, of, of freedom. Songs will begin to arise. As, and we will we'll walk into this season with singing. Yeah, we will walk into it with singing. There will be joy. There will be delight. And you know what, friends in the garden, you're going to be able to rejoice with all those other people that are singing and you'll be able to sing the same song because as you share and your hearts are shared with one another, as it overflows, as you don't keep it as a lake, as you allow those streams of living water to flow out, it's going to touch people. It's going to touch hearts. It's going to touch lives. And that sound of singing is going to be heard. Amen. 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 Declare that season over your life. You might not see it now, but declare it. Declare it over your life. Just let's do it now. Come on. Begin to, yeah, begin begin to declare it. it Yes, oh God.
0: Oh, Father God, we declare a season of singing to arise in the house. We, we declare, oh God, in every garden, that there be a season of song that comes in. A song of joy, a song of truth, a song of hope, a song of enduring love, a song that breaks every barrier, a song that pull, breaks down, pulls down every wall, a song that removes every ruin, and out of that ruin, fresh grass will grow, fresh flowers will blossom, fresh fruit can come out, that in every part of this garden, Lord, there would be freshness there will be life. There will be joy. There will be something to celebrate. There will be something to capture. There will be something to awaken to. Oh my God. That every day will bring a new fruit. A new dawn. A new sunrise. Oh my God. And your light will be fresh. Your light will reflect. The jewel, will reflect your light in our garden, oh God. Oh my God, we thank you. Step into the season, guys. Step into the season. Beautiful. I love how it says in just this little bit, the, the friends say, eat, O oh, friends, and drink. Drink your fill, O oh, lovers. You know, what I, what I believe is that as we, our friends, allow in each other's gardens, we're able to see what God is doing in each other and say, drink your fill, O oh, lovers. That we have, there is a joy that we can get, not just from what God does in our lives, but that we can see that God is moving amongst our, our brothers and sisters that as friends as 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 part of one body we can see that this is a move across the house this is not a move upon the leaders we have to go through stuff so we can give you a navigation on how to get there that's part of what leadership's about you got you can't lead someone to a place you haven't been to you can't give someone instruction if you if you've not done it you know, when I go to learn the guitar, I have, to die, I have to hope and pray. The guitar teacher knows more than I do. And so that's why God and we are always open. Our lives are open to you guys. Because it's not about us. It's about him. That we may all step into life. And ours is one part. And we, we believe that if we all make this journey, that there will be many testimonies that will arise from this house. Amen. All right, let's give the Lord a thanks. Let's give him a praise. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Praise, praise, praise God. And what I would say, next week, the big man's back. And the little fella, little and larger back. <laughs> I can only say it when he's not here. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Tony and Phil are back next week. And I, 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 I had a friend of mine, um, Emmanuel from Switzerland, who uh, led worship there and was part of that. He sent me a few videos. Man, they make some noise. They were making some noise. There was an environment going on in that place. So trust me, that's coming back here. <laughs> so I say, get ready. Let your hearts and your spirits be ready because. Because every time they come back, God brings something fresh to the house. So let's be expectant and let's let's let our hearts be full of faith that when they walk back through the door, everything God gave them was going to get released into this environment. Amen? All right. Go in peace. Have a blessed week.